episode 12. A pop. Fever high. And the cars. That's how they say it in Boston. The, the cars. <laughs> someone to host the cars yes so cool welcome back to pop your pop culture podcast i'm ken mills and as usual i'm joined by the lovely courtney cronin dold welcome back courtney thank you ken welcome back to you to your own podcast welcome to me to the podcast yes let's welcome one another (laughs) with open arms and huge smiles big smile absolutely so courtney today on pop We have some very cool stuff. The band Fever High will be joining us. They'll be playing in the studio here in front of our massive pop audience on the pop stage. And then later, John Hughes from Rhino will be stopping by to talk about the cars. They've been doing a lot of cool re-releases. And it's just fantastic to hear all the behind the scenes stuff and, and how they're putting these projects together and maybe a look forward in what's coming for the cars so this is this is a fun one i like the cars i know you like the cars a lot as well oh i love the cars i always have them in rotation on my ipod and i i have like live tracks and i love the cars i mean i had the new cars album it's Mm -hmm. really good and then i have every cars album except panorama Mm. we're gonna have to take care of that we're going to have to rectify that I know. Now that after talking to John, I uh, have to. He, he's real. I mean, that was his jam, Panorama. So, so. We definitely need to uh, get that into your hands. I know. But before we get started, let's check out a little feedback from our audience. Listener feedback. Yes, you can either find us on Facebook or on Twitter, or drop us an email. But you can also send us feedback via iTunes. One of the best ways to help out our show is to do a review on iTunes. And here's some feedback from some very cool listeners. What? So, Courtney, would you read our first review from iTunes? I will. Uh, This comes from Klet2315. It says, Ken and Courtney have a gift of discussing their subject in a way that makes you feel like you're right there with them and that they are your old and familiar friends. That's sweet. You know how it is when you have friends who are skilled with words? You know how they can talk and talk at you? Ken and Courtney are doing a lot of the talking, but not at you or at their guest. (laughs) I get the sense that if I was with them, that there would be huge seams in the conversation for me to add my own bits, and that they would be genuinely interested in what I have to say. All of this is to say that I feel relaxed and comfortable when I listen to their podcast. Wow. Well, that's very sweet. Well, we want to thank you, Clut2315, for that five-star rating. Yes, that was so nice. And obviously, would love to be on the podcast. I think there was like a drop in a big old hint there. Yeah. Well, get a hold of us. You know how to do that. Obviously, Clut2315, clearly it's Paul McCartney mm-hmm. um, using a fake name. Yeah. So, Paul, anytime you want to be on Pop, we're right here for you. You don't have to pretend you're someone else and write a nice review. You can just call us. I'm I'm definitely down with Paul McCartney coming on this show. I am too. Totally. Our next review is from the lovely Kathy Riggs Williams. 
and it is entitled I Love Pop, a pop culture podcast. Five star review. Thank you, Kathy. She writes, I enjoy every episode of Pop, a pop culture podcast. The discussion is always thoughtful and respectful. The topics are always fascinating, whether it's a tribute to the late Adam West or the lasting appeal of Star Wars and the Beatles. The presenters and their guests are skilled enough conversationalists that the listeners feel very engaged in the conversation. I always feel in good company when I listen to Pop, a pop culture podcast. Pretty cool, huh? That's very sweet. Absolutely. You know, I, I think she said in a nice way that we have big mouths because we're conversationalists. So. <laughs> no, Kathy's a frequent poster in our in our Facebook group, if I'm not mistaken. I know who Kathy is. Yeah, you do. She's, yeah. she's very sweet. Very. Yes. And, and she loves a good podcast. She's a big podcast listener. And the fact that she chooses to listen to pop says a lot about her liking us and I, I really do appreciate it and we appreciate everybody that takes the time to, to spend some time with us we got an email from a gentleman named Sonny Scott who said that we were like the morning drive team that we're not on in the morning though it's whenever he wants to listen to us we're like the morning drive time for him so oh, I like that so he listens to us going to work and coming home so that's pretty cool I like that thank you Sonny for listening just keep oh. your eye on the road will you there are cars out there. And speaking of cars. <laughs> speaking of the car. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you notice how I said, like, conversationalist and Big Mouth are, like, kind of saying the same thing? Like, there's the nice way of saying something. Like, if you say someone's a conversationalist, that's cool. If you say they have a Big Mouth, that's bad. Yeah. Have you noticed this phrase, that's neither here nor there? Like, have you ever noticed, Courtney, when you go up, and, and you're speaking to someone and you tell them something and they look at you and they say, well, that's neither here nor there. It's really the nicest way to say that what you just said does not factor into anything at all for them. I don't give a shit. That's what they're saying. <laughs> that's neither care. here nor there. Right. And in L.A. that would be that's neither about me or <laughs> to me. Therefore, I'm not listening. If this has nothing to do... Is this going to help me in some way? Okay, this is neither here nor there. It is neither here nor there. Well, we hope that you're there or here and you're popping with us today. So... <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I don't care. <laughs> we hope you're neither here nor there and you're popping with, with us, us today. Yeah, you're either here or there. Yeah, I think so. But I think this is the new million-dollar person. Oh, okay. I, I think neither here nor there is the new million-dollar person. Okay. That is neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to encourage everyone that when someone says something to you today, whether it be at work or at home, just look at them and say, that is neither here nor there. And just let us know what kind of response you get back from people. <laughs> It's so random. It's like this comedian I know named Al Delbeni used to have this great joke where he'd say, I don't understand when people say, believe you me. <laughs> it, it's not believe you me. It's believe me, you. <laughs> I used to love that joke. That was such a good joke. Yeah, that is. It's good. It's good. Mm -hmm. Well, we are lucky to have someone really cool here, Courtney. You ready for this? Yes. Fever High is joining us, the duo of 
Anna Nordine and Renee Lane. Adam Schlesinger produced their records, and you know his work from Fountains of Wayne and The Monkeys' last album, and of and course. Ivy. Yeah, and I love Adam. I love everything he does. I love yeah. Adam. And and his work with that thing you do, you know, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the pop stage with a song written and produced by Adam Schlesinger. It is Fever High from their album All Work with the track All Work. Take it away. <laughs> Thank you, Fever High, and we want you to check out their album, All Work, produced by Adam Schlesinger, on Amazon, iTunes, and wherever fine music is sold. We'll be right back on the other side of this break with John Hughes of Rhino talking about The Cars. 
At Deep Dish Radio, we know that choosing the right podcast is an important lifestyle decision. We know you want to be cool. We know how important it is to be in the in crowd. That's why our team covers the globe to bring you fabulous interviews with guests as diverse as Grammy-nominated songwriter Bobby Hart, Sissy from Family Affair, and that girl from Land of the Lost. I'm Tim Powers, and I'm the host of Deep Dish Radio, and let's be honest, I'm not as famous as Mark Maron, and I don't have the support of NPR like Terry Gross, so I'm not going to get Beyonce, whoever she is. But what I will do is introduce you to authors, cartoonists, songwriters, musicians, comedians, and friends of mine. It's Deep Dish Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Our next judge is an editor of a magazine, and she's probably one of the prettiest editors that you'll ever meet. From Tiger Beat Magazine, Miss Ann Moses. In 1966, teenage girls all over the U.S. wanted to be Ann Moses. Why? She worked for Tiger Beat Magazine, one of the largest teen heartthrob publications in the world. Every month, she took young fans where they wanted to be, right next to their favorite musician or actor. In the late 1960s and early 1970s, Tiger Beat was the source for teens, both girls and boys, to read about their favorite musicians and actors. And Ann Moses was in the center of it all. For years, I told their stories. Now I'm telling mine. From touring with Paul Revere and the Raiders to surviving Mike Nesmith of the Monkees. I went on many adventures, and with every article, I took you, the readers, along for the ride. You get to go behind the scenes and see what a groovy time it was. If you were there with Anne from the beginning, this book is her way of saying thank you. You can get Anne Moses' book, Meow, My Groovy Life with Tiger Beats Teen Idols. On Amazon or wherever fine books are sold, you can get the book autographed at annmoses.com for a limited time only. Find her on facebook.com forward slash annmoses. John, I'm going to have you do This is John Hughes, and you're listening to Pop, a pop culture podcast. Sure. Hey, this is John Hughes from Rhino, and you're listening to Pop, a pop culture podcast. Wow, you add your own sound effects. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> I could do a clown horn, too. Do that again. Do that again. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> I can't do it. I was I was the... Uh, you the spent a lot of time as a kid alone and just <laughs> making noises with your mouth outside of Cleveland. Were you a comedian, John? No, no, just... Oh. Uh, just a nerd.
And joining us on Pop, it is the one, the only, John Hughes from Rhino. Oh, thank God, the one, the only. This is big stuff, right, Courtney? This is big stuff, people. That's right. And he is here... Debatable, debatable. No, no, it's not. It's not debatable. Not for our audience. No. It's my first time on Pop, right? Yes, it is. This is your very first appearance on Pop. You have popped in. Hi, Pop Nation. Ah, there you are, popping in with your usual flair, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Today you are here for a very special reason, to talk about one of our favorite bands here at Pop, The Cars. Oh, yes. And you're not just a super fan. You mean you have a cape and everything. I've seen you at the comic book conventions. But you you are here because you are working on the new re-releases of the Cars material, correct? What is your what is your actual title with this whole thing? Uh, co- compilation producer. There so you go. what that means, you know, of course, Roy Thomas Baker produced the original record, so I would mm-hmm. never presume to uh, call myself a producer. But in, it's in terms of assembling all the different elements for these uh, remasters and uh, getting everything together and getting these out to market with the great team here at Rhino. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know that the cars are from Boston, right? And Courtney, my co-host here, she's from Boston. And, and Courtney, how big is the legend of the cars in Boston? If you don't like the cars, um, they ask you to leave. So. You have to leave Boston. You're not allowed to stay. <laughs> it's just part of the history of New England. Mm-hmm. You have to love the cars if you're from Boston. And most people I know do. Every summer party, every summer mix, the cars is being played. They're on the radio constantly. Those songs still are in the same rotation they were 20 years ago when they were hits. Exactly. And and it's that way for a reason. The music definitely holds up, right, John? Absolutely. I mean, you know, there are a few uh, new wave trappings, you would say, but like oh, everything. 30 years ago. Sorry. Yeah. I did terrible math just now. <laughs> ten, 10 years ago when they were, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's funny is next June is the 40th anniversary of the first album. Can you believe that? Get out. Oh. No way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that if I wasn't planning stuff for the 40th, would I? Oh. Hmm. Uh, uh, so the, the the great thing about Boston and the Cars is, you know, they, they broke out of Boston. They won a radio uh, Battle of the Bands contest just on the strength of their live show and their demos. And their demos mm. started getting major airplay in those uh, major markets of Boston and New York. And that's what got them signed, was just local radio in Boston really supporting them. Wow. Now, John, I know for you and myself, we both grew up on the outside of Cleveland. And so, yeah, and we also have something in common with Ben Orr and Rick Ocasek. Yes. That, uh, ben and Rick were around Shaker Heights mm-hmm. for a long time. And that's where they met, was in that area when they were in a band called uh, Milkwood together. Yes. So that's they like go- the Beverly Hills, isn't it? That's like the Beverly Hills of Ohio, Shaker. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. East Side. Uh, <laughs> I, I was much more a West Side guy in the, uh, you know, the not Beverly Hills section of mm-hmm. Elyria, Ohio. But, you know, uh, WMMS was a huge station back yes. then. They broke the cars uh, nationwide, I would argue, along with Boston. Uh, you had John Gorman, a great program director there that really supported them. He's the one that got them on that Agora coffee break concert broadcast that we released on vinyl for record store day. So huge, huge market for the cars, Cleveland. Absolutely. And I remember hearing them for the first time on WMMS. 
This is one of those things that when you talk to people that did not grow up in the time that we did, even though you're a much younger man than I, mm. uh, you know, uh, is that how weird the cars sounded when they first appeared on FM radio. Yeah, I think it was very strange, especially if you were uh, in your teens then, because mm. as as edgy and as, you know, I'm using air quotes here on the podcast, sorry, as new wave <laughs> as they were, 
Um, they they actually were kind of a bit of a throwback. There were mm-hmm. lots of T Rex hooks in there, lots of Buddy Holly isms, and mm-hmm. you know none other than John Lennon pointed that out in a Rolling Stone interview right before he he passed, mm-hmm. where he talked about Touch and Go from Panorama being one of his favorite songs because it was basically a Buddy Holly throwback the way it was sung. So it was this weird combination of of, of this kind of. Uh, rock history combined with what was happening in the zeitgeist at that time mm-hmm. it it really was like uh aliens coming down to earth and singing buddy holly songs <laughs> well it, you know they, they, get, they have a they get a lot of stick for their their live shows mm-hmm. uh you know the 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 common wisdom is oh you know they're very stiff on stage they don't move around a lot you know I disagree with that a hundred percent. If you yeah. look on YouTube, I would have everybody on this podcast go on YouTube and search for Shooby Doo, give me some slack Fridays. Mm-hmm. And it's a that performance a great of those two songs from the Fridays TV show in nineteen eighty. And Rick is dancing. It's amazing. Oh wow. Yeah, and to go back to that, you know, they were kind of like aliens. They were this super cool band in shoulder pads and sunglasses mm-hmm. and, and you know, spiked hair, and it was really cool. It was kind of this detached presence from the audience that really worked. So I disagree with that whole conventional wisdom about their live act. I think they were great. Well, I'm not even looking at it as their live act. It was just they had this sound that they seemed so aloof, but at the same time they were playing rock and roll, but it it just seemed like from another planet they were just so cool. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was... Yeah, it was it was some like of that a, has to do with the production. Roy Thomas yes. Baker needs some credit mm-hmm. here, you know, bringing just that stacked, stacked vocal thing to them. It, it, we had an issue with one of the master tapes that it was a 40-track tape. Wow. There are only two 40-track players still in existence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, usually you have 24-track. This guy was using 40 tracks and wow. just stacking and stacking. You know, that came from his work with Queen. And he kind of brought it over for those first two Cars records. And what was interesting is that they completely scrapped it for the third record, which Mm. threw a lot of people. You know, you think about Panorama. Where did all those really cool stacked background vocals go? They threw them out. They were willing to experiment. Yeah, absolutely. They to me, they always seemed like they had some of that edge that David Bowie had on his low album. You know, some of that sort of thing. And as far as bands seeming too stiff live, you and I were in the shadow of where Devo came from. So, oh yeah, <laughs> we knew all about that growing up. Yeah, well, you know, if you could be down a Devo rabbit hole, we'll be here all day. Right. That's that's but, another episode. Yeah, it, it was just really interesting that uh, as cool and, and alien as detached as they were they really cranked that up to the maximum on panorama mm-hmm. that's where they really left a lot of people behind and mm-hmm. now you listen to that album it's like wow they were really absorbing everything that was going on around them and they weren't afraid to take what made them huge and say okay well let's let's put that aside for a second and really just dive into this really dark this dark place and see what happens mm-hmm
was the biggest challenge in taking this project on and where did you start? You know, this was kind of a dream. There really wasn't any challenge. I think everything just kind of fell together. I wanted to do this for a long, long time. We had done the first record in 2006, and that's before my time at Rhino. I got here in 2009. And for multiple reasons, that that campaign didn't continue. And uh-huh. one of the things I've been beating the drum here for the last couple of years is, why don't we do more things with the cars? And, you know, senior management said, yeah, why don't we? You know, so I just kind of threw an email out to management, said, hey, can we have a meeting? Uh, went to lunch with the managers and, and Rick and everybody was into it and we just went we just hit the road <laughs> sorry that was really bad um, <laughs> I promised myself there would be no cars puns <laughs> and I just did one and it was totally accidental it's okay just let Ken drive the show just let, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me start it up again um, there you go put, put the brakes on John just put yeah, the brakes on okay just yeah, let's get them all out of our system right now. That shift in chin there. Don't about puns. Yeah. yeah. That could go all day. Sorry. Well, this could be really touch and go. Um, so. <laughs> we'll be here all day, folks. Uh-huh. It, it, it was really, there, was, there wasn't any difficulty with this, this pro, these two projects. It was really just a pleasure. The band is so great. Management is so great. And it was just, it was really cool. Mm-hmm.
what did you want to do to celebrate the first album? Because that's where you started, right? Yeah, uh, that that was kind of done already in 2006 mm-hmm. uh, as, as a deluxe edition. So I don't think there was any improving on that. What we did do is bring it back into print. It's been out yes. of print for a few years. So now it's available again. You can get it wherever fine music is sold, as they say. Mm-hmm. And so that's that was the first step. After that, it was, all right, we did this. Let's, let's move on. Let's celebrate Candio and Panorama a bit, uh, especially, you know, Candio is just a slam dunk. Uh, the 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 joke is the Cars' first album should have been called the Cars' Greatest Hits. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know, as every song on there is just amazing. I feel the same way about Candio. Candio is yeah. kind of the Cars' Greatest Hits Volume Two. One of my favorite album covers of all time as well. Oh, of course it is. And if you, I don't know if you guys have seen the physical product yet. In the uh, gatefold, there. Did you know Vargas painted that from photographs? Yes. So there are, we found, we went to the vault and we just found all these slides of this photo session. We're like, what is this? And we, and we looked and it was the model from Candio on a red, cherry red car. Wow. wow. It's a huge uh, sl- uh, collection of slides. So we used those in the gatefold, all the original shots. And you can see there was uh, an animated uh, GIF we did on the car's Facebook page mm-hmm. where the actual photo that the the cover was painted from morphs into the cover painting. It's really cool. Oh, that's very cool. And yeah. then uh, Whitesnake got a hold of those and gave Tawny Katane a call. And I'm telling you. They put a redhead <laughs> back on a car and made it hot again. Here we go again. No, I think, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure they have nothing that was to a do white with each other. Okay. Yeah, that was, a, I went up, that, that was like way too far. That, went way too, that, was, that was not enough of a payoff for that. I'm sorry, but, um, <laughs> Well, it's it's all pop culture, so it all fits. Yeah. Uh, I know that you're doing a lot of stuff on vinyl special for these projects. Can you talk yeah, about that? that was another thing that was important. Um, we had done the um, album box set last year mm-hmm. with everything remastered on vinyl, and that was the only way you could get the vinyl was if you bought the box set. They mm-hmm. weren't broken out individually. In this case with Candio and Panorama, it's kind of a twofer. They're broken out individually. If you don't want to splurge on the box set, you can get what you like. And it was also important for us to include all the bonus material on vinyl because that's usually not done. Uh Uh, That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that. And and the stuff was good enough. You know, the the monitor mixes and the Northern Studio sessions for Candio, they've circulated – bootleg versions for a while now so it was nice to get cleaned up band approved versions out there officially and the vinyl is super cool because on side four there is a custom laser etched uh, artwork on each of the the two records and it's really cool if you see it in person Mm. yeah it, it really does look neat it reminds me of that I don't know if you've ever seen the split ends uh, thing that that they did on their album like time and tide uh where it was laser etched over Mm -hmm. songs but we could not find a vendor that could do that Ah. we're still trying to figure out how they did that back in 1982 (laughs) yeah absolutely amazing but it 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 does look beautiful it's it's very uh you know even if you're not a vinyl buyer you almost you know when you see it you want to you just want to get it. <laughs> All the credit goes to David Robinson, who, as you guys probably know, 
art directed all the original album covers mm-hmm. and as well as being the drummer for the band. He was really involved in their visual presentation and he was involved in art directing these reissues as well. He selected all the photographs, he assembled the booklets, he assembled the gatefold, he got the laser etchings together. So again, a, a team effort from everyone involved and, and David did just a fantastic job. That's wow. cool. It's like Nick Seymour from Crowded House. He does all yeah. the art for all of Crowded House's albums. And I think that's cool when the band is in charge of the, the art. It's just, I don't know. Who no else knows, knows better what they want than them? Exactly. No one knows what they want better than the, the artist. Now, you mentioned that, and I think it's important to let folks know how involved the cars themselves, the, 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 the band members, were involved in this process. Yeah, uh, Rick oversaw all the mastering himself uh, with Ted Jensen at Sterling Sound, and uh, each of the band members is writing an essay. Um, Elliot contributed to the essay that's included in the Candio booklet. Mm-hmm. Greg did uh, Panorama. David, obviously involved in all the art. Just everybody approved the track listing. Everybody had input on what was included, and just a real team effort. They are... There's a reason why they've been a unit like that for so many years. They, they just know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. This is one of those moments where you have the greatest job in the world. You get to be a part of music that you absolutely love, but you also get to work with the band directly. As a boy from nowhere, Ohio, like I was, is, don't you pinch yourself and go, I'm actually sitting here with these guys? Yeah, and it's really an effort to control myself sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> because I can fanboy out with the best of them. Uh, I have to, you know, keep a level of professionalism and not say every time I see Rick, "Hey, let's get a selfie." Uh, <laughs> although I want to, um, trust me, it, mm-hmm. it's it's really it's it's kind of important to me these projects because. I, you, you're friends with me on Facebook, Ken, so you've probably mm-hmm. seen the story. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, 12 years old, we had eight kids in the house. It, you know, it was a huge family. We didn't have a lot of money. So what my mom would do is she would join the Columbia Record and Tape Club every couple of years and, you know, was get 10 albums for the price of one. And each one of us kids would get to pick a record out. Mm-hmm. And the first record I picked was the Cars Panorama. Really? That's ah. where it started for you? Yeah, and I don't to this day I don't know why I picked it because I loved the first two records, you know, they had such big hits in Cleveland. I was familiar with them and I remember hearing nothing from Panorama. I think the only time I ever heard it on the radio cuz I listened to Top 40 radio like mm-hmm. G98 was the big Top 40 radio station. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't play anything from Panorama. The only time I heard it was when I heard Touch and Go when it peaked at number 38 on American Top 40 on a Sunday morning before church. Mm. And, it, and it was this really strange car song. I'm like, what is that? The, the beat's weird, the time signature's off, then it all comes together on the chorus, then it kind of falls apart again during the verses. And it just fascinated me. And I was like, I, I want that album. And, and I got it, and I wore the, the, the crap out of it. I just loved it so much. I think there are a few songs on there they just, you know, don't get the recognition they deserve. I think Misfit Kid yeah. could have been a huge hit if it was worked properly back then. I think Up and Down is one of the best car songs ever. It's just such a really cool driving song. 
and uh, Give Me Some Slack is a great tune. And so, you know, as, as important as Candio is, I, you know, here's another pun. I wave the flag for Panorama. Over. <laughs> He's got a million of them, folks. I do, sadly. Well, John, why don't you introduce Touch and Go, and we'll play that right now. Uh, yeah, here is uh, the first single from Panorama, which peaked at a spectacular number 38 on the American Top 40. It is Touch and Go. Go! 
DJ, see? I was. I know back in the arm <laughs> armed services you were you were part of uh, I was on AF Ed. That's right. I kind of backtracked with the cars. Like I knew those songs as a kid, like just what I needed and let's go and it's all mm-hmm. I can do because they were on the radio, you know, when I was a kid in Boston. But then I saw them on Saturday Night Live singing Magic. And that was the first time I'd really ever like seen them. Mm-hmm. And then immediately I had to get that album after seeing that performance. And then they sang Drive on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time I'd ever seen them. So of course, right away, went out and got that album and then backtracked and went, oh, these are the same guys. Yeah. I didn't realize cause I was 10, you know, like that that's who they were. And then of course I have all their albums except Panorama. Uh oh. I do not own that, and now I feel very guilty about it. John, Here's your chance. Yeah, this I is know. it. I know. It's such a good album. I mean, it, it's it's got a reputation for being, you know, the difficult, dark record. But there are just really great moments all throughout it, and mm-hmm. I think it really needs a reappraisal.
Yeah, I remember whenever their albums would come out, they were always big in the art room. And if you were cool in the art room, you were just cool. Like, we had everything from Bowie to Kraftwerk to Cooper to Pink Floyd, Black Sabbath, anything that was cool. The Beatles, and you knew that, that the cars had reached a certain level of coolness from that first album on. And it never really stopped. They've always been kind of like, as far as I'm concerned, the the, the cool person's band, right? You know yes. what I'm saying? Yeah, I think if you were if you were in the art room, you were rocking the cars along with your Echo and the Bunnymen and exactly. Love and Rockets cassettes. Yeah, and to the ire of the people who wish you were playing Michael Jackson and Def Leppard. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing we should talk about that we haven't hit on is uh, Ben and and yes. you know, yes. how important Benjamin Orr was to this band and how much he's missed. Uh, he's definitely a presence throughout these reissues because you have, you know, on Candio, just great songs that Ben did the vocal on, like Let's Go. Just really a huge, profoundly huge influence. And what's great, uh, Rick talks about this in the video uh, EPK that's coming out uh, in a few weeks. When he was remastering these, just how much the bass just comes to the forefront that you never heard before. And he's like, wow, Ben really could play the bass. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you see the band live, whether it be on, like you mentioned, Fridays or Saturday Night Live or any of the old footage that's out there, you can really see that. And dude was cool as hell. Right, can we cuss? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Was, dude was cool as fuck. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm going to send everybody to YouTube. Look for the cars. Think it over Fridays. Yes. And it's it's them doing think it over from Shake It Up. Ben is up front and center in this leather jumpsuit. Uh, with the mascara and eyeliner happening, and he's playing a synth bass over to the side, not even looking, and he's singing this song right into the camera, and you're just like, holy crap, this guy is the coolest motherfucker. Yeah, and women are <laughs> dropping their pants all over the world. That's you how know, we reacted to Ben Nor. I was so in love with him. Everyone it, was. It was the Cuban heels. <laughs> Those eyes, I mean, seriously, I remember girls like being drawn to his eyes and, oh, yeah. uh, his, and, and you, his little dimple was, on his chin and all that the blonde hair the eyes and the cuban heels the guy had it going on yeah mm -hmm.
no slouches in that band no uh, everybody pulled their weight everybody brought something different to it i, I think again you know the, the best elliot easty guitar solo for the cars is on panorama and it's the solo on touch and go and it's also the solo that you know roy thomas baker made him cry in frustration making him do it over and over again oh, wow. and he got so angry that he just went in there and like threw out the solo he had previously written in his head and just fired something off in total anger and Roy Thomas Baker said, okay, that was it. Oh, that's so funny. And you know, you think about his solo work, you, you listen to in just what I needed. That song would be nothing without that solo. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it would oh, be yeah. a, a nice idea, but those, his solo work, you could sing his solos. Seriously, you can literally oh, yeah. sing his solos. And that's, to me, the mark of a fantastic soloist is that you can make them not only memorable, but they're hooks within hooks within hooks within a hooky song. And you know, uh, Greg as well on the synths, there oh, yes. is, uh, I can't, I believe it's Yamaha or someone has a patch uh, that, yeah. if you know, uh, let's go that bow, 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 mm-hmm. that sound. They actually have a patch called Cars Sound. Yeah. <laughs> the guy so invented cool. a sound that is used today and it's called the cars patch mm-hmm. is that what they sound. used on blue tip because that song yeah, was oh, totally. so carsy yeah. and i when i bought it i was like i love this see i'm glad to hear you say that move like this was a great record and i loved it 
and you know it, it was it was a combination of vital and current and yet sounded like the cars yes yes someone who grew up with the cars i'm glad to see all the love that you and rhino are putting into this yeah and it was thought out because they got nominated for the rock hall and i and the team here was like you know what if we don't do this now and get them inducted we're really we're failing our mission at rhino if we don't do this Mm -hmm. absolutely so so let's do a a overview what is available right now and what's yet to come so you've got a few cars things in the market. You've got the just what I needed compilation that that came out. Well, the new one is Moving in Stereo. That's mm-hmm. the latest compilation that's in the market. Kind of a greatest hits overview. You've got the complete Electra albums collection, which they're all on colored vinyl and it's a box set. You've got Candio, the expanded edition, both on CD and vinyl and on all digital surfaces and streaming. Mm-hmm. And you've got Panorama Expanded Edition on uh, CD, vinyl, and streaming and digital. Very good. So we have all your car's needs covered. Mm-hmm. Fresh car yeah. smell. So there you go. We're not done yet. You <laughs> know, no, not at all. Well, I know Rhino is never done, right? Well, yeah, never. <laughs> and uh, there's one album I want to talk about. I know that there was a record store exclusive on vinyl. And from what I understand, it's it's not going to come on CD. Can you tell us about that project? Yeah, Live at the Agora 1978. Yes. Uh, that was recorded for a WMMS Coffee Break concert. Uh, they used to have them every Tuesday during mm-hmm. lunchtime at the uh, Agora Theater in Cleveland. And kind of legendary if you grew up in the Cleveland area listening to MMS. You always knew that Coffee Break concert was coming up. And I remember hearing that. For some reason, I don't know if I was home from school or I was at lunch and I heard it on my transistor radio. I remember hearing that concert. I knew it existed. It's been bootlegged a bit. So went into the vault here and lo and behold, we had the master, the two-inch master. Because, uh, yeah, I talked to John Gorman, who was the program director of MMS at that time. And he said they actually had a control room upstairs in the Agora specifically to record these things onto two-inch reel. So it was great that we had it. We took it right from the source, had it remastered by Rick and, and Ted, and it sounds great. And we did it for Record Store Day, just, you know, kind of put it out there and see what happened. Well, it sold out. It, it completely blew through every, all the units. 
and the demand was so much that we released it digitally. So it is available digitally. It's not available on CD. However, people keep asking for it. So I am one of them. Yeah, it, we might end up doing it on CD eventually uh, all right. with all the Cars activity. You know, as the kind of steward of all this activity, I don't want it to get in the way of the albums right, right. now. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, who knows what, what can come up. Yeah. Tell folks where they can get it digitally. Anywhere. You can get it on iTunes, Google Play. It's on Spotify. If you check it out, uh, Live at the Agora 1978. Great I- show. Really cool. Again, belying that argument that they were kind of a laid-back live band. It's a ferocious yeah. show. They they just rip through it. They do songs that you probably have not heard, like Hotel Queenie. Uh, they, they it ends with a, a they actually end the show with a cover of Eddie Cochran's something else that's actually sung by Elliot. Elliot actually does the vocals. Oh wow! Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's just ferocious. And you've got just ripping versions of all mixed up. And the the crown jewel on that set for me is Night Spots. You got to hear them do yes. Night Spots live. It's, it's oh, excellent. Awesome. 
nice spots. Thank you. I love All Mixed Up, especially the live version. I love that song. That's a good That's just because you love Ben. No, yeah. I love that tune, and I love Don't You Stop, because it's just it's just so poppy and weird. Yeah, oh, know? Don't You Stop's in that live set, too, on, on mm. live at the Agora. That's great live. Yeah. I, I actually have fond memories of being in the art room listening to that. My Uncle Gary was at that show. Oh, wow. And and I was so jealous because when, when he got back from Cleveland, because it was in the afternoon, as you mentioned, I just, I was like, and and, and were they cool? And what happened? Cause the event, because the Agora is not very big. No, no. It, and, I, and I'm not sure if it was in the theater or the ballroom. Remember right. they had the theater yeah. and then they had yeah. the ballroom. It might have actually even been in the ballroom, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I was definitely jealous, but I'm so glad that it's now available digitally and on vinyl for, for, for it to be remembered and enjoyed by people who maybe never got to hear it at all, ever before. So hunt that down. And so, I, would, I would drive everybody to the vinyl because a great sleeve designed again by David Robinson with photographs he picked out from his personal archives just and Rick's sunglasses on the cover will make you howl. <laughs> Excellent. Now, is there any chance of them doing anything as the car's new? Wouldn't that be something? Now, John, I need to explain <laughs> to everybody that's listening that have, has never listened to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Whenever you're on that show and you say that, that means something's coming, possibly I, coming, something is possibly happening. And I, I don't want to... So I don't want to put any false hope uh, right. in anyone's uh, minds, but I would love for that to happen. I think the 40th anniversary is next year. Mm-hmm. It would be so cool. Uh, I, it's something I would love to see. Oh, I would be there. And especially with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, it's so obviously if that happens. The touring afterward is always a great idea. Everybody always makes a whole bunch of money right after that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, they, you know, there are no plans right now at all, and, but mm-hmm. I can say that I think the band is really encouraged and pleasantly surprised by the reception and the love that they're getting. That's great. Wow. Well, they definitely deserve it. Their, their shadow and their legacy stand tall. And, uh, I, I am proud to be a cars fan. I am too. Me too. So before we let you go, John, what else are you working on at Rhino right now? Like, like what's going on? I know that you've been involved in some really cool albums. I know that the Cindy Lauper project that you worked on was really cool. Uh, what else is going on with you and Rhino right now, just in pop culture in general? What's happening? Some really different things uh, in different areas. Uh, we're trying to engage fans in non-traditional ways uh-huh. and nothing I can reveal yet but when uh-huh. it happens you guys will be going uh, what? The <laughs> <laughs> Rhino's doing this? Uh, and we, what's great about being here is we're always encouraged to experiment and try new things so that is what we're doing in the meantime we're continuing our core business of getting stuff out there getting it recognized even you know I think this this duo of Candio and Panorama is a perfect example of what Rhino does. Here's an album everybody knows and loves, but here's one alongside it that probably needs a, sh- a light shown on it a little mm-hmm. bit more. Absolutely. That's what we do here. Yep. So I know we've got a really cool, some Linda Ronstadt things happening, you know, just some really cool things happening. 
Well, John, you are always welcome here. Consider this your show and Rhino show. Anytime they want to come on and drop anything, we are here for you. I appreciate that, guys. We will be your pop culture bitch. <laughs> you you don't even have to dress up as Hercules. You can just uh, pick up the phone. Awesome. Seriously, uh, you are a pop culture archaeologist, and you are keeping it alive. You can say it. I'm a nerd. Yes, but uh, a fun nerd. You, <laughs> you know. fun nerds too. Yay! Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's all about you know. Yeah. But, by the way, would you what? How would you classify the Cars music? Power pop, new wave. What would you call it? Yes. There you go. Which I is think, which is not to be confused with the band. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I think if you stop, you know, the average person on the street that is familiar with them and ask them, they'd go, "Oh, they're an '80s band." Rick even says that because you know we did an interview for him with him for an EPK, uh-huh. and I asked him what what would you consider the Cars? He says oh, a really good '80s band. I disagree with that, and I told him so. I think it's uh, a little more than that. I think that that regresses them to a nostalgia trip, and they're not. You can hear their influence in bands even today. You know, all the way from the 1975 Franz Ferdinand, The Strokes, they've all got Cars in their DNA. Mm-hmm. I think they were an important part of rock music. I think they have written songs that will live in infamy forever, and I think that. They encompass a whole bunch of genres, but most importantly, rock. Very good. Well, a very important band, and get out there. Check out all the work that Rhino has done with the Cars. You will not be sorry. If you're a Cars fan, it's time to revisit it. Pick up this extra cool stuff. That that vinyl is calling your name. It looks so cool, you it guys. Does. I, it I does. wish you had it in your hands right now, uh, everyone listening, so you could see it. But you definitely well, we need will to check soon, it out. And then we'll post it on our on our page. Yeah, absolutely. Big, heavy, one eighty gram slabs. I mean, this is some hefty stuff, mastered really well. You guys will love it. All right. Oh, can't wait. Well, we look forward to it. Cars fortieth anniversary coming up. Check it yeah. out now. Get a hold of all this stuff. Can I plug something else while I'm on? You absolutely can plug anything you want. It came out the same day as the Cars reissues, uh, July twenty eighth. Uh, the Pet Shop Boys. Three Ooh. albums that were expanded and remastered. Fundamental, Release, and Nightlife. Uh, we have started the Pet Shop Boys reissue campaign again. And uh, it was it, we had gotten up to Nightlife and stopped a few years ago when it was still with EMI and Parlophone. So now that it's with Rhino, Rhino's kind of taken the, uh, the reins with Parlophone uh, globally and continue this campaign three albums that are close and near and dear to my heart as a pet shop boys fan expanded with tons of remixes and and previously unreleased tracks just really cool stuff so check out the pet shop boys Ooh, one of my good friends her favorite band is the pet shop boys she's gonna love to hear that well then you you know make sure she hears the release especially because that's the record they did with johnny marr it's really a different for a pet shop boys record it's acoustic almost there's Mm -hmm. lots of guitars and bass and drums and you're like what is this Uh, okay yeah it's very cool stuff excellent well keep us in the loop on anything coming out from rhino and warners and any any project you're involved let us know we are we are here for you Thanks, guys. Talk All to right. you soon. Okay, Thanks. we'll see. Nice meeting you, John. Too. Bye bye.
So how fucking cool is that? That, that was great. He's so nice. <laughs> he is. He's a real swell guy. Cars, 40th anniversary coming up. Get out there. Get all your cool stuff. John was, was great, wasn't he? He was he was a blast to have. Oh, yeah. He's um, very charismatic. I remember seeing him for the first time in person at the Mickey Dolan's, uh came and spoke at the, at the Egyptian Theater here in Hollywood when they showed the four yeah. episodes on the big screen. That was the first time any Monkeys episodes have been shown on the big screen, and it was really fun watching it with a room full of people. You know, did any of the, you guys covered that on Zilch, right? Oh, you, yeah. You had, yeah, you had yeah. people there, because that was, that was when I found out about your show. That, wow. That, that event. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, we, we now have pop buttons. I know. I saw. Christine is like, she, is her car going to make it? I don't with know. With all those buttons? <laughs> <laughs> She's going to have to rent a semi. Yeah, it's going to be weighed down two tons, two tons of buttons headed to Nashville. <laughs> it's two tons of button fun. It's going to be a lot of button fun. Oh, my gosh. She's going to be like, she's not going to be able to take any bridges or any overpasses or anything. Well, if you are in the Nashville area, come out and see us. We're going to be there representing Zilch, Pop, The Podcast, and Cheap Talk. And it's going to be lots of fun. And come on out. Come on out and get get some buttons and meet the gang. I don't think I'm going to be able to stay at the hotel with you guys. I wanted to tell you that. Because I think it's already sold out. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to stay like down the street at the Someone's Definitely Been Murdered Here Motor Lodge. Oh, yes. I know it well. Yeah. Like we've had the same comforter since 1963. And it smells like it. Yeah. Hot. I'll be be there. That's going to be awesome. (laughs) No, no. I'm kidding. I'll be with you guys. I'm just kidding. I just wanted to do that joke. Yeah. And cut. Edit. Edit. Cut. Cut. Snap. Hey, did you see where the beloved sitcom Perfect Strangers is coming back to TV? I saw that. That's very exciting. Everybody liked that. It was a fun show. Yeah. I, I mean, we all know where the character came from. It was from the character that Bronson Pinchot played in the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, of course, the character, you know, that stole the film. So had to have a sitcom playing pretty much the same guy. But it wasn't really the same guy. You know, Serge was more yeah. like arrogant, sort of elitist. Belky, Belky was friendly. Belky was Belkie fun. And was friendly and approachable, yeah. and yeah, it was totally different. But, but with I think the only thing they had in common was they had a they had a funny accent. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Boy, he he certainly worked it though. He 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 made a lot out of it. He's a good actor. He, yeah. Um, he worked a lot. He came into my um, acting class in high school because I went to high school in West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And um, my teacher, I feel terrible, whose name I can't remember, was really good friends with him. And he came in and spoke to us. And he was it was very interesting. And this was in 1990. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was, when was Perfect Strangers on? Like 87? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so he was still pretty huge then, so it was kind of a big deal for us to have him in the club because everyone knew who he was, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just very encouraging, really kind, and um, he's an interesting guy. But I've always liked him. If I see him in something, I'm interested. Like, mm-hmm. I want to watch and see what he's going to do. I like the choices he makes as an actor. Yeah. Well, for everybody who is a fan of Perfect Strangers, and you just can't see it on TV anymore, it's kind of disappeared. A lot of the shows are disappearing. You, know, you used to have things like Nick at Night and TV Land to have the older shows on, and all that seems to be drying up, but they are returning to Hulu, and they're there along with the Golden Girls and a lot of your 
television classics that you may have loved all your life, you can finally see them, and they they look really good, really sharp. By the yeah. way, have you ever watched a show called Difficult People? I, I haven't, but I keep getting told that I need to. Oh, my God, it is... <sighs> I love it. Anyway, Mickey Dolenz is going to be on it, so you need to check it out. Let us know what you're looking for on Hulu and Netflix and, and what you're looking forward to. I, it, you know, it's strange. There's a lot of things coming out. Like, like you see these ads from Netflix about what's coming this month, and it's like they're having a fall TV season every month, right? They're, they're adding mm-hmm. something all the time. How, network television seriously can't compete with this, right? At some point... It's going to cost them. Tell me about it. Staffs are getting smaller and smaller, and they're pumping this stuff out faster and faster, and it's just changed quite a bit. Yeah, but I think scripted television is a hell of a lot better Mm. television, even though unscripted is where I make a living, but I I still um, prefer to watch mostly, I'd say 95% of the shows I watch are scripted, except for like Beat Bobby Flay. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the the thing is, is that you, it. I don't know anybody that's binge watching, like Cupcake Wars, from no. season four or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You don't go back mm-hmm. and watch like all five seasons of Cupcake Wars. And there, no, I'm, but, but to get lost in Breaking Bad, which I recently did. God, what a great show! Isn't that so great good? Great show. It is I know. amazing. The the weird thing is the first time I watched it, it was like a week by week thing and then they took a break and then you'd have to catch up week by week again. But when you binge watch it, it's so different and it was such a dark, heavy show. But I'll tell you, I watch it now. It's just hilariously funny. There's a lot of dark humor in it, but. Oh, it's funny. It's there, amazing. It's so funny. The pizza on the roof was always my favorite. <laughs> yeah. It's just so hilarious. Did you ever hear you... the story about that? No. They rented that house to shoot there, right? Yeah. So people would drive like hundreds and hundreds of miles and take a pizza there and just throw it up on the roof and leave. So the producers (laughs) of the show had to put a video out saying, please don't go there and harass these people. Just, you know, please don't do that anymore. Oh, my God. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Courtney, before we take off, we like to let people know what's popping in our world. What is popping for you right now? What's something you'd like to turn our listeners on to? What's popping? I went to the 40th anniversary show of John Waite the other night. That's what he's doing right now. He's doing his John Waite's 40th anniversary tour. Mm-hmm. It basically incorporates every bit of his musical career. Yeah, it started with the babies and then, of course, on to his solo career and then Bad English and then back to solo, and I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge Babies fan, and he was terrific, as always. He looks great. So, like, so I was talking to the, the girls, and, you know, it's like, it's just a bevy of just half-naked middle-aged women. It is amazing. Just screaming, and I told my husband, I'm going to be like, you're going to be like one of, like, 20 other guys whose wives dragged them here tonight, you know, aside from the Bad English and Babies fans guys there's going to be like a lot of screaming middle-aged women and there were and i was one of them and um, sounds like the place for me actually oh my god ken it was like hello ladies bustier villa i mean it was just like and i missed it well you know he's single so why not they're all taking a shot so hey whatever Mm -hmm. there were some hot looking ladies there i hope i look that good in in 10 15 years they look good i think you look great i think you look great 
Oh, well, you're nice. But anyway, so then I saw on his Twitter the next day, he wrote, I just, <laughs> I slept 18 hours. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, oh, he was sick. Oh, my God. Poor guy. But you know, it doesn't stop him from putting on a great show. But he was great. But we want to encourage folks to check out John Waite. This is a pretty cool celebration of his his uh, entire career. It's fantastic. Yes, yes. Oh, and he released, it's coming out August 10th. He's releasing, he had this album called Wooden Heart, and it only had like four songs on it. But mm-hmm. on this last tour he went on, which I love, where I took my dad, he called it the Wooden Heart Tour, and he did all those hits and all his solo stuff acoustic. Ah. And it was so good. It was so good. And I, I wondered, will he release any of that? And, I, uh, and he did, and I was so happy. I even tweeted to him. I was like, John, I'm so happy you're doing this. This is like, just totally made my day. I was hoping you were going to put all the, this stuff on, an, on a CD. I can't wait. And he, he responded, sweet. And I was like, oh, my God. That just made John your day. Nate responded to me. Like, <laughs> he wrote one. My husband's like, what did he write? I'm like, sweet. And he's like, that's it? I'm like, yes. You know, meanwhile, I'm on the phone with everyone I know. John Waite responded to my tweet, you know. But um, <laughs> I don't even care about that stuff usually, but, you know, it's John Waite. But it's, so. when John Waite tweets you. Come on, it's John Waite. It's different. Which, yes. Which, speaking of, of Twitter and tweeting and the Twitter verse and all that, we, the pop culture show, have a Twitter account now. Yay! You can follow us at pop staff tweets so join us there we have a lot of fun and it's just another extension of the show and it's it's really cool to interact with people so we will see you there i am going to be watching my chauffeur that's what i want to put out there we're going to do an episode of my chauffeur with marty marty ross will be back to the pop culture podcast and we're going to talk about my chauffeur which is finally released on blu-ray so Yay! very cool so we look forward to that so that's what's pop with me tonight i'm going to be doing that so check out my chauffeur get it on there it, it's got a double disc set with a dvd and a blu-ray and you can get it on amazon.com or wherever fine blu-rays are sold so that's enough for this episode listen to the cars check out that stuff see john wait Thank you, Fever High. Check out their CD. We'll put links in the show notes. And we will see you on the next episode of Pop, a pop culture podcast. Georgia Engel. Mr. President. (laughs) All right. We'll see you, Courtney. Bye, Ken. And that's our show. Pop is an online, nonprofit pop culture audio fanzine made for fans by fans. Any samples of music, TV, or movies heard here remain the property of their owners. Pop, a pop culture podcast, is not affiliated with any products we review or discuss. Opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of the pop staff. If you like something that you heard, buy it at your local record, video, or bookstores, or wherever pop is found. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf, saying whatever you do, make sure it pops. Okay. Is it okay yeah. if we play music on the on the episode? It, it, I, I look at it as uh, radio. Thank you.
Alrighty. I just, when I'm handcuffed and on the, the car, I'll say, John said it was radio. <laughs> John said it was radio. <laughs> oh, Courtney's just what I needed. I needed someone to host with me. So hosted. Alright. I'm going to cough now. Me too. You son of a bitch. So, Courtney, what's poppin'? Will, will Courtney be... be, be will Courtney be... Say goodnight, Dick. <laughs>